morning. Welcome to Good Vibes with Jason B. A Broad Mind, some more podcast. And let's get the day started out with. It's Sunday. It's April 28th, I believe. And uh, I, I'm. this episode's all going to be about um, anxiety and uh, how I deal with it and what's been going on with me when I have anxiety. So uh, it's going to be a little bit of a deep issue, but uh, maybe it can help some others and some others un- out there understand um, what it's like to go through anxiety. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. And let's get started. So, uh, I don't know when it was, how I found out. I don't, I don't recall remembering when my episodes with anxiety first started. I do know that it was somewhere in my teen years, maybe even my, maybe even younger. Um, the little bit of the background, my, my, I came from a, a split cultural background. Um, my dad's Mexican and my mom is, is white. Um, she's French, Irish, and whatever else we are in English. And, um, you know, those during the seventies, those times were very, very tough on many, many people, especially for those who, who uh, had families who came, were coming back from, you know, Vietnam and um, that whole generation had a lot of things to deal with, you know, and my parents split up when I was young. So through all those years, I, I can recall that I went through a lot of stress as a young boy, you know, I was a, I'm the oldest, I'm one of three. And, um, I didn't, I didn't understand half the things that were going on. And when my parents split, um, I started noticing things or I, 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 I now recall that, um, the start of, some inconsistencies and insecurity started to become, and they were in school. And I remember that I used, when I went to school, I was, I was darker than most kids I went to school with. Um, my clothes weren't as nice and, but they weren't as, they weren't as poor either. But, um, I, I just remember from an early age, we kind of had to be self-reliant on a lot of things and in those times and the way that those things were done were completely different from now, you know, looking at as a parent, um, my mom went to school. She worked one, sometimes two jobs, you know, my father disappeared. We moved away from my father actually. And he really wasn't a part of our life, but, as I started going to school, you know, I'd see kids who had the nice things and, you know, see their parents drop them off. And uh, I, I didn't have that. I didn't have that at all. And, um, all I can recall most of my, my school years is that I used to lie a lot, you know, about my dad, my dad would be this hero, you know, my dad would take me 
to places supposedly, but I don't ever recall my dad taking me anywhere. And it ended up manifesting later in my teen years, the insecurities, I guess you could say. Um, you, I didn't, um, I didn't know how to feel or what to think. I mean, in our household, I guess you could say screaming and yelling was like, like a daily thing. You know, my mom didn't have any support. She just had us three. And so from the childhood of feeling insecure and not feeling good about myself, um, I had low self-esteem. So I had to make up this persona like I was tough, like I was strong, like I was smarter, I was faster. And I didn't get it, you know, why I had to do it. I just remember I didn't want anyone to see me as weak. And as I was looking back, it just spiraled downward. And then came high school and I was a skinny guy, skinny guy. I was like 130 pounds, 140 pounds, maybe, you know, 15, 16 years old. I ran cross country. I ran track and field and I wrestled a little bit. And, um, I was an, I wasn't the smartest student. I wasn't an A student. I wasn't the dumbest student either. I, I was, there were some subjects I really excelled like really good. And then there were subjects I failed miserably and probably the, the subjects that I failed miserably at were science and mathematics because they took a process of thinking like an ornamentary process, you know what I'm saying? And for me, that was hard to handle because everything that I was dealing with at, at that time was emotions and thoughts and deeper thinking and why and all this other stuff. And so then when it progressed on, I joined the Navy and it wasn't until I met with a therapist in the Navy there was just some, I was having some tr troubles in basic training, you know, some emotional troubles, you know, like some of the lessons that I was learning in, in basic was not computing in my brain. And, um, but I got through it and, um, moved on, but the doctor had brought up and actually was a chaplain. He was a chaplain slash psychologist. I remember him saying, have you ever heard of the word anxiety? And I said, no, I, I don't know what that is. And what is it? And he was just basically talking about how there is, it's a mental and physical condition where when you're stressed, you either get obsessive compulsive about things or you don't know what to do with yourself. You feel anxious, you feel um, fidgety, all this other stuff. Right. And I was like, Whoa, he's like, there's something I can do for this or what? And he's like, well, just, you're going to have to come see me maybe once a week for an hour. 
I said, I, and I didn't, I didn't like it because to me, I felt, I just wanted to be with the guys and just, you know, another one of the guys. And I was going to basic training in um, San Diego, NT, NTC San Diego. You know, I didn't want them to think that I, I was going to the shrink and I wasn't normal. And I, and I certainly wanted to graduate. And, uh, he's like, no, we, we, we definitely need to address some things. Otherwise you're not going to be able to graduate and we're not going to pass you on. And that kind of scared me even more. I was like, oh crap, you know, like what's up? So as time went on, um, I remember a lot of different things, you know, um, we started bringing up the traumas, the insecurity feelings. When, if I would, if I was told some, what to do, um, and I did, I couldn't execute what I was told to what to do. I would have big problems. I, I, I don't want to say I had breakdowns, but I definitely sure did feel like it. Sometimes I'd beat myself up, you know? And it was like this, this training that, you know, we had to unravel and the chaplain who happened to be Catholic, you know, he was just telling me, and he's like, do you have a relationship with God? And I said, I don't know. I, I believe I do, but I, I don't know. And, um, like to get me through the days, the training, what I had to do, what was required of me. Um, focus had to be 110% because you're always moving. You're, you're like, you spend so much time in classrooms, then marching, you're doing formations, you're exercising, trying to listen to your drill instructor, or they call them company commanders. And you just, you had to execute no matter what, you just had to do it. You know, and there are a lot of, I remember the company I was in, company 079, and that's what they call, I guess, some, in some other ways, uh, platoons, you know, your, your basic training platoons. And I just remember, you know, there was a lot of fuck ups, excuse my language in, in our, in our company. And it used to bother me so bad that these guys would just be smart asses and dumb asses and just making mistakes and we'd have to pay for it. I mean, they made us go to, oh, I remember one time when they made our company go to this like, at like after chow, um, some kind of extra training and you had to put on your dungaree, uh, heavy pants, your heavy shirts, you had to put on a your raincoat and your beanie or they call it a cover and and the ones that worked you out were navy seals i mean they came in and they drilled you you'd, you'd get up do burpees i guess jumping jacks push-ups you know um planks all kinds of shit and you just like break you down and the re i remember the reason why we went is because this one guy just decided to try to spit on a seagull and missed and he got one of the drill instructors attention and he, and he says i just remember this a company 079 you just got five street marks and our and that's pretty bad at the time and 
our drill instructor came back and he was furious. And I was mad too. I was, I was really upset. But, you know, we went on through the hour training and then my therapist, we were talking about that. I, I, I have a problem when people don't do their job. You know, you don't ever have to question me on my job. I'll do my job. But I would start to have these, how can I fix this? How can I get this guy to fall in line? You know, I wasn't a leader of the company. I just, so time went on and, you know, when I got through basic training, went, went about my service and accomplished many things and I got through, but I never stopped seeing a therapist, you know, it, it went on and on. And then after I got out of the Navy, I stopped seeing a therapist up until, I guess you'd say ha a year and a half ago. Um, I, I talked about Dr. Carey, um, Roger Carey in one of my other episodes and we began to unravel more of all those years. And I got out when I was like 24, 23. Anyway, so all those years past, I had like relationship issues. I had family issues. I had friend issues. I had self-acceptance, self-awareness issues, you know, and some of the things didn't stop. I mean, I continued to make up stories so that people would accept me, but eventually I'd figure out that, you know, the only acceptance is going to, only thing that's going to matter is, is me. Right. And so, you know, I, I took it under consideration, you know, what I needed to do. And I had a really, really bad, I'd have at last, was it a year and a half ago? I had, my daughter was maybe two months old and I was having really bad issues with my, with my girlfriend at the time, you know, and we, it was like, I was taking care of a whole household, paying everything. I didn't have extra money. I was working my ass off, you know, and I, I had enough was enough. And one day I just decided to call my insurance provider and I said, I need to find help. I need mental help. I need, I can't handle the, this crap no more. Help me find a therapist. And it's just so chance I found one in Tracy, California. And I remember a lot of it was complaining about my relationship. And as I went through the journey of, and the exercises that we worked with, me and Dr. Carey, I started to notice my anxiety started going away or I didn't have episodes, you know, and I, I wasn't up late at night. I'd moved out of my girlfriend's place, moved into my, with my mom, that wasn't such a great situation either, but it was a lot better than what I was dealing with. My daughter, my 11 year old daughter was having issues too. So it took quite a while for everything to kind of like stable out. But the journey with therapy, you know, really helped me understand, you know, where, all this stuff came from where the anxiety started or how it, it, it gets its energy or its life. 
you know, I started reading self-help books. I started thinking about like, um, you know, how am I going to better my life? I would start these great projects and then I would stop for some reason, get distracted and then start again. And it was like a, like a really bad habit, you know, it was a process that I could, I just couldn't handle, you know? And finally I got to a point where I was just like, something's really got to change. Fuck everyone else. I don't need to worry about anyone else. I matter. And so that's, I guess, when a lot of the personal development, the training, the practices came into play. And every single day since that point, I have worked so hard to keep me balanced, as like I was talking in my last episode. But in the last couple of days, um, I've been off balance. I haven't been doing the the things that keep me in line and the anxiety beast popped his head out finally last night. And I can, I could identify it. I knew how I felt. I knew I was nervous. I was shaky. I was almost pacing. I was sweating profusely. I couldn't, I couldn't find that comfortable spot. I certainly didn't want to take any cannabis because I just don't want to rely on it you know, and, um, I just wanted to do this without the aid of a drug or an herb or anything for that matter. And so, you know, I, I turned on this, uh, YouTube video by Louise Hay and something about her voice in the YouTube, it just kind of calmed me down. And all, all I thought was, what can I do today to live better than I've ever lived before? How can I defeat this? How can I stop the escalation, the feelings, the lack of security? You know, emotional security is a huge thing. And I think that's why so many of us are having problems. I mean, in the world, I see so many people with identity issues trying to be something or just being accepted. And I understand how that feels. I, I really do. I myself struggle with that identity. But I know who I am at the end of the day. I know no matter how intense I feel, no matter how much I hurt, I've still got to be the man I am inside presently. And so... You know, I relied on my training and it's just like they say, you know, you, you practice who you are today. And that means if you have bad habits, then, and you're not really performing your best is because you practice that. If you haven't done anything, if your life is just a mess, it's, it's that way, you know, you've practiced that. You found a way that you cannot go forward, you know, when it comes to the bad ways. And then when you're achieving, you know, you're, you've practiced that you did every single rep, you did every single read study, you know, you repeat repeatedly tried to make the process so that you are equipped and 
not just the expert or the participant, but you're the one who can execute because you know what to do. And so this morning I got up like, I don't know, five o'clock in the morning and I just like mosquitoes, like the, I don't know, they're, they're kind of big. I don't know. Some people call them mosquito eaters, but I've never seen it. And they're just huge. They're bigger than normal mosquitoes. And there are two of them were just like flopping around my room. It's just irritating the fuck out of me. So I went and killed them, got up, took a shower. And I looked in the mirror and I just said, Jason, it's okay. Forgive yourself. It's okay. It's okay that we're not doing certain things. It's okay, you know, that the person you want to be is not here right now. You know, and just be okay with who you are presently. And I thought about my kids and I was like, man, if I lose it, if I could lose my kids, you know, I could lose a lot more great career or good career, good job, you know, just, you know, I got a, I got a full, I got a full, uh, what you call it. I've got a lot of things to be very proud of right now. But like so many other people were always racing, trying to race to get to the next thing. And I was in it as I was listening to something on YouTube yesterday, I was listening to this guru of some kind and uh, it affected me in a large way. You know, and uh, it was called Once You Control Your Mind, You Can Achieve Anything in Life by, I can't, I'll spell his name out, S-A-D-H-G-U-R-U, Sadhguru. And he talked about that we're always chasing what we don't have. And I can identify with that. I can identify, well... I don't have the dream house. I don't have the abundance. I'm chasing money. Having the right woman with me. The right family. And then I started to think what the most important thing, instead of worrying about all those things, just let go. You know, let go. When you can't control the things outside of you, let go. People are going to disagree with you. People are going to give you shit or they're disappointed with your decision. That's fine. But the important thing is, is their disappointment is theirs. You may not have performed. You may not have been able to give. Maybe they're emotionally distressed. But the the point at the end of the day is, is that you got to understand what do you have control of? It's yourself. What do you have in your presence? Present tense that's more valuable than anything. It's your life. I remember sitting on the back deck of my mom's house and listening, talking to my sister, and we were talking about issues about my brother and how I don't want to see him. I don't want to talk to him. You know, me and my brother got in a really bad disagreement. You know, and... I just said, he, you know, I'm not going to let him push me around. I'm not going to, 
you know, me and my mom, we got in a bad fight because of him. You know, my mom actually threw me out of her house because, you know, my brother, in my opinion, is a loser. You know, and I, if he ever hears this, you know, I'm sorry the way it is, but, you know, you've lived your life and you don't think about the repercussions of your actions. You're not apologetic and you expect everyone to fall in line and be intimidated by your size. And that's to me, is like, no, but my sister and I were talking about the personal power of having emotional control. And so that's why I really made the episode about balance. But, you know, we were talking, she's like, the best you, thing you can have is your emotional control. Because when you don't give in, you'll understand that that's way more important because your life matters. And so when the, that anxiety starts building up of, am I making the right decision? Am I doing things? Did I work hard enough? Am I, am I being overzealous or am I being angry or just irrational? None of that shit mattered. You can't worry about acting right every single time because you're not going to be able to every single time. You know, you need to worry about your control of the situation and your emotions. And so as my mind was calming down this morning, I was listening to Louise Hay and I was just reminding what my sister and I were talking about. We were talking about having peace and my sister had been through lymphoma cancer and she's she said to me something really profound she goes ever since i had cancer your outlook on life is completely different from everyone else's you don't trip on the small shit you're not lost you're not going to get bent out of shape over just because someone disagrees with you or says something objective and that can matter a lot, especially when you're in relationships. Say like when your partner, you tell your partner you're going to go after something and you're going to do something. And they've known you for quite a while. And they go and say to you, well, don't go do this. I know how you are. And you're just like, well, what the fuck, you know? Who the hell do they think I am? Well, in response to that, they've known you or at least gotten to know your regular responses. So they depend, they use that kind of like as a, like a base, you know, foundation to say that. And then they'll follow up like with maybe something like, well, I'm just saying. And to me, you know, the thing I would say to them is it's like, you're saying with a purpose, don't say just saying, because are you saying it clearly and understandingly? So I'd be correcting them. So I wasn't really con controlling my emotions. I was con trying to control the situation because I didn't agree with the situation. You know, it, it just manifested into something worse.
you know, that that's what happens. It, it happens a lot. How many times have you been in a relationship and you know that you see something better to tell the other person? And the worst thing you can ever say to someone is, I told you so. That, that's a bona fide fact. I told you so. I don't know another person in this world that doesn't get irritated with that. But still, it's it's the challenge. You know, and we can be defensive about it, but the repercussions is is like it it also adds to the anxiety stasis. It because you're uncomfortable or you're irritated or you're angry or you're upset. And that with people with anxiety, the, those feelings don't go away like overnight. We don't we don't drop it like most people or some people, I guess you could say. And you got to really understand that you are the only one in charge of your thought process. No one else is. Your perceptions may be completely different from somebody else's. Your practices can be, will be completely different from everyone else. The most important thing I can tell you about when you're dealing with anxiety is the action and understanding this is just temporary. The feeling is just temporary. It's not going to last forever. But it's what you do in the present tense. So like I was saying, I got up this morning and I, I took a shower. I lit some incense. I smudged my room. And I just I just said, hey, I, I, uh, I cleanse my spirit. I cleanse my mind. I cleanse this day. And I'm not going to, whatchamacallit. I'm not going to get lost. So yeah, it was a really, really big deal to me. You know what I'm saying? And once I did that and I believed in what I was saying and I felt what I was saying, I felt better. And that's what I want to tell you people as people with anxiety and you know, someone you love them, take a little bit more patience you might be able to understand what they're going through by just listening. You may not be able to figure out their emotional problems, but you definitely can help them. Don't add fuel to the flame. Just let them go through it and just be supportive. Well, that's all the time I have about anxiety. And uh, thank you for listening.